Welcome to Listen Up America, a show about the truth, opinions, and thinking. A constitutional and conservative podcast in a world of woke cancel culture. We are the resistance. Welcome to this week's episode of Listen Up America. I'm your host, Eric. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, and share. Share these episodes with your friends and your family. Get the word out. Keep spreading it. Share your favorite episodes. And uh, let's get this thing really steamrolling. I said, we're doing really well in our early going. We've got listeners all over the world. I've named many, many, many of the countries. And uh, the United States is absolutely our focus. But like I said before, freedom is not an American thing. It's a human right thing. And everybody out there on this planet has a right to speak and to live as they choose. So that's what Listen Up America, as you all know, is all about. So, gosh, this week, what's going on this week? Kind of a slow week, right? Nothing really happening at all out there. Uh, hmm, what? Okay, yeah, Minnesota, let's go there. The, the Chauvin trial in Minneapolis had been taking place for about five weeks. I gave you guys a heads up last week on uh, what was going down and what they weren't telling you about. And uh, here we are. What should have taken weeks took hours. It didn't even take a work day to figure this out. I think the jury walked into that room, sat down, and they did. I've served on juries, and I'm sure many of you have too. And the first thing you do is you take a a roundtable vote. And uh, I'm going to go on a limb and say, they all said guilty. Let's get this over with. And then they just played games for the next, uh, you know, six, seven hours, and then notified the deputy that they've come to a decision, which sent the letter to the judge, and there we go. So Derek Chauvin was found guilty in all counts of everything he was charged with. Manslaughter, second degree, everything. And uh, I told you last week that this is, uh, at best, manslaughter. Involuntary manslaughter is more likely, but maybe manslaughter. Now, I do agree, Derek Chauvin was guilty of excessive use of force. And not by using the knee on the, as the prosecutor said, on the back and the shoulder and the neck during those eight, nine minutes. Okay, He got lazy. He lost focus. He got too detached. It could be any and all of that. And he stayed on him way too long. Especially when his fellow officers are like, hey, Maybe we should, or you know, do this or do that. And he's like, nope. He was guilty of that. At that point, when he had him detained, it is every officer's responsibility to serve and protect everybody, even those they've detained. They started off doing a really good job, walking him out, talking him down, setting him in the car, and then drugs kick in, and Floyd just goes, just loses it. So they pull him out of the car, and he's tripping. So they try to subdue him. They didn't sit him up. You know, it's all hindsight, but I think everybody in the country could see that video and going, cool, you're good, you're good. Oh, what do you, man, are you sure? Like that long? I mean, everybody got to a point in that nine minutes of that's too much. What he was doing in the beginning, that's not too much. That was completely appropriate. But he lost focus on his responsibility. And he should have been found guilty of involuntary manslaughter, in my opinion. Manslaughter, boy, you really got to come with some better evidence than what the prosecution did to get that. But this jury just said, whoop, we're done. And I'm going to tell you exactly why. And I bet you all already know the answer. It's a four-letter word called fear. The world, this was not a sequestered jury. They were going home every night. They were listening to the radio. They were watching TV. They were listening to all the things by all the people out there that had their agendas speaking indirectly to them as a group saying, if you don't do this, there's going to be trouble. So I'm going to go with fear. The justice system failed because people that were responsible and took the responsibility of serving on the jury and allowed fear and outside influence to decide their decision. 
I don't think that's in question at all. Like I said, I gave you guys the evidence. You said, wow, I didn't know that. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. I make it up. That's just the evidence. None of that mattered. So I'm going to play a clip, a little clip from Greg Gutfeld. The day, you know, like an hour, a couple hours after it was given, Gutfeld said this. That was what was creating the perception of division. Everybody agreed this case was disgusting and ugly and there should be justice. But there was another story being played a lot. And now I'm going to just get really selfish. Uh, I'm glad that he was found guilty on all charges. Yeah. Even if he might not be guilty of all charges. Oh, my God. I am glad that he is guilty of all charges because I want a verdict that keeps this country from going up in flames. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, my goodness. No. What do you mean? So there you go. Self-serving. He's fearful. He's glad it happened because he had something to lose in his mind. Wasn't about the trial and justice. It was about him. And that's how I think everybody in the media and many people in this country were thinking. Maxine Waters goes out there and tells America for like the 12th time in her career that we've caught on video. I'm sure she has this conversation every, every hour, every day behind doors telling him, I don't get what I want. You got to get more confrontational. This woman lives in a white neighborhood of Beverly Hills. Doesn't live in South central that she represents. So she's poking the bear, the judge blasted waters telling it was abhorrent disrespectful to the rule of law that it is completely out of bounds for politicians and public officials to speak on any case while the case is being deliberated not if you maxine waters then you got don lamon of cnn he comes out and of course he defends her right he was crucifying trump for saying nothing near as insightful says, people with half a brain know Maxine Waters wasn't inciting violence. So his audience is the ones with half the brain. Who are you talking to, fool? Joy Behar. You know, the other peach of lies. Joy Behar of The View. I don't think she meant it. Oh, okay. Cover time. This is how the media, remember guys? Manipulation. This is it. They're all in together. I don't think she meant it. Oh, it's just overblown. She's the woman that was screaming a couple of years ago on top of the hood of a car, screaming, if you come across anybody from the Trump administration, you've got to, you got to get in their face. You've got to disrupt their dinners. You've got to go after these people. Same woman. She does this all the time. The Republicans go to censor her, and of course, party lines, 216, 208. No, no, it's totally fine. These are the same people that couldn't wait to impeach a president who was not the president-elect. They had nothing to do but just finish it out. But they had nothing better to do. They had to go after him for saying, fight for your freedom. If fight for your freedom is horrible, and these people are telling him, you know, burn it down. BLM lady, burn it down. We don't get no justice, no, you know, the whole thing. Burn it down. If we don't get what we like, we're going to burn it down. Every juror heard all of this over George Floyd, who is drugged out of his skull with fentanyl and meth at the time of his death. And would have been worse, but he spit out pills in the police car that the police CSI just ignored. And the defense had to go, uh, what about this? Well, you know, just evidence. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little history of the saint that he's being portrayed as the Saint George Floyd. He's saintly, right? He's been decreed like he's the Catholic Church. Everyone just said he's a saint. This was the most sweetest, lovingest husband and father and friend that just went to work and, and tried to do the right thing. And oh, 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 let's look at his rap sheet. You Have you seen the rap sheet of this guy? Authorities arrested him on nine separate occasions between 97 and 2007, okay? Nine times, just in that 10-year span. That's when he got caught, mind you. Remember, criminals get away with once, twice, 10 times, then they eventually get caught. Aggravated robbery with a deadly weapon. Possession with a 10. These are all felonies. Here we go, trespassing property, that was his misdemeanor. He failed to identify to his parole officer that he was a fugitive, because he'd been running. Theft, theft of a person, 
you know, this guy, I'm looking down, he's, he's been possession of cocaine. I'm just scrolling now because it's just absurd. The guy, you know, he spent a year here, a couple of months there, a couple of years here. Here's your saint. And you know the, uh, the big crime? He put a gun to his girlfriend's belly. She's pregnant with his kid. Threatening to kill them both. That's your saint. So it is sad that George Floyd died, but let's not confuse the fact that this guy was a criminal. He did more harm to the black community than Derek Chauvin did. Perspective. You have to keep this in mind. Chauvin was found guilty. Okay. I think he was guilty of involuntary manslaughter and should have been fired because he should have known better. And when the younger cops are going to the older cop, the more veteran cop saying, hey, uh there's something wrong with the guy. He, He slipped, right? It happens. But second degree murder? I mean, you guys do know he wasn't even charged with a hate crime, right? There was no hate crime. He didn't wake up going, I'm going to kill me a black guy today. Never happened. So like I said, it was an overcharged case. The black community got what they wanted. But then again, depending on who you ask, it wasn't justice. You got Nancy Pelosi thanking George Floyd for dying. <laughs> She's, Thank you for dying. So we, she literally said that. She got crucified, by the way, by anyone with half a brain. The bartender, you know, my favorite bartender. This isn't justice. Then what is it? It went through the system. It was justice. There was a verdict rendered. It happened to be the one you wanted. That's justice. Candace Owens, she spoke up. Do you all know that name? Do you know the person? She is a uh, young black woman that is very intelligent, well-spoken, educated, and thankfully conservative. She thinks for herself. And uh, she's a guest host on Fox News from time to time, but she also is now on The Daily Wire with Ben Shapiro and those guys. So this is what she said the evening this all went down. She says, and I quote, this was not a trial about George Floyd or Derek Chauvin. This was a trial about whether the media was powerful enough to create a simulation and decide upon a narrative absent any facts. She also told this to Tucker Carlson. You know, the media came out, let's not forget this, Tucker. The media came out and told us that this was a man who was just getting his life together. He was a good member of society and he got mixed up because a racist white police officer had it out for him and killed him. All of that fell apart. We now know, of course, that he had enough fentanyl in him. It was three to four times lethal dosage in him when he died. But nobody cares because the media was successful in putting out a narrative and they kept hitting that narrative. That's the manipulation. It is not about truth. It is about agenda. It is about political power and it is about control. They're using the black community again, as in still. And I'm going to play some clips. I'm going to, I'm going to read the questions that were asked. So, um, a gentleman went out the day the announcement was going to be made went into the streets of Minnesota and he asked five questions of the same people in Minnesota, all of which were black, all ready to do their thing. Okay. This is what the questions were asked. And here's the replies. First question. If Chauvin is not convicted of murder, do you think the whole city of Minneapolis is going to burn? Yeah. Some of the people who are looting, they're just, they're just destroying stuff. They're not really taking they're just angry because they don't know how else to vent their they don't know how else to vent their feelings so they it becomes rage and they start tearing up stuff absolutely not um that might not be something that i end up doing um but i understand that rage as a black person yeah you can burn the whole city down what does it matter so i say burn the city down you know so they can see that we're here continue the movement yes absolutely no question about it no and that'll be the least of our problems. I think, honestly, I'm all for burning it down. See? Fear. Should we eliminate the entire judicial system, they said. Should we eliminate it completely? Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you the flat right answer of yes. Um, yes. And there shouldn't even be a trial. He should be convicted just as is. Yes. Y'all should have fed him to the wolves a long time ago. It gets more ridiculous. 
Is this genocide? That's a good question, and now that I've been confronted with it, I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. Genocide of, of anybody that's not white. Yeah, I think that's one word for it. Yes. They, they believe this stuff, by the way. So then they were asked, do you think we need to have a civil war? If that's what it takes, then we have to do it. If that's what it takes, then I believe so. If that's what it's gonna take to revamp everything, for everything to be equal, at least equal for us to have justice, I believe so. Will it happen? Probably. Then they ask, are all white people white supremacists? Do they deserve street justice? I'd say most of the country. I can't give you a number, but that would be ideal. <laughs> uh, again, I'm not gonna say anything that would directly incriminate me, but I would say that would be a good idea. I don't wanna say we need to go start killing all white folks, but it's like, but <laughs> maybe they need to feel the pain and the hurt. Feel the same pain that we feel in. Feel the hurt that you were putting out. Get that back and see how it feels. So maybe they do need to feel the pain that, that we've been feeling for years. Then the person asking the questions ended it with peace and love. And they said this. Peace and love. Same to you. Peace and love. Peace and love. Yeah, thank Peace you. And love. Thank Take you. Are oh, you not laughing hysterically? They're talking about hurting and murdering and destroying and robbing and everything they can. Peace and love. I don't even know what to say. I can't relate to this community. I, I just have value. I value human life. All of it. All of it. Always have. Respect. Always have. They live in these inner cities that are democratically controlled for generations, okay? And they're mad and they're angry, but they're mad at me because I'm a white man that lives in the suburb. I had nothing to do with their life whatsoever. And I'm watching my entire life, the inner city, the destruction of nuclear family. Dad's making babies everywhere, taking off. Dad's incarcerated. Mom raises kids, finds another boyfriend, has another baby with somebody else. I mean, this is just things that happen. Not everybody. These are, this is just in general statements. That this is just stuff that happens. And you got these young children. I mean, you guys saw the Chicago kid. Two o'clock in the morning, 13 years old, running the street of Chicago, shooting his gun, shooting somebody. Police get called. They come looking for him. He's down an alley. Cops chasing the kid's on a cell phone in one hand, gun in the other, and he's telling him to drop the gun, drop the gun, drop the gun, and he raises his hands with a gun in his hand and then lets go all in the same, like, half a second motion while turning to face the cop. Cop shot him. Well, he's racist. No, he's not. The kid is 13 years old and in the streets of Chicago at 2 in the morning with a gun in his hand. Where's mama? Where's grandma? Where's daddy? Where's grandpa? Where's anybody in this world of this kid's responsible? Where are you at? Because this happens every day. And we're going to get to more of the hypocrisy of, in most cases, criminal black man is having to be dealt with police and, pol and then all hell breaks loose. The cop's always racist. Always, always, always. And it's not even close to the truth. And I'll, I'll show you. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram page is at listen underscore up underscore America underscore. And our Facebook page is L-U-A podcast all together. L-U-A podcast on Facebook. So please join the community. Tell us what you think and uh, share with all your friends and let them know how awesome we are. But do y'all know who Tony Timpa, T-I-M-P-A, who he was? He was the white George Floyd. Yeah, a few years ago down in Texas. Same thing happened. Literally, like, the same thing happened. They were on him for 14 minutes. He died. Same thing. No charges. No riots. I'm going to give you a clue to why. Because as a white male in America and the rest of the Caucasian community, if you do a crime threaten someone, try to hurt someone, do hurt someone, steal from someone. If you commit a crime, we want the police to catch you. And if you resist, which he was doing, if you're coked out of your mind, which he was, we don't really sweat you. 
We kind of look at the world going, it's a little better place. It's unfortunate to happen. I'm not by any means saying the police should go out there and do this. But the white community is like, cool. Got to clean up the genetic gene pool from time to time. And sometimes stupid is stupid does. That gentleman's not going to be breeding anymore. That's just the way I look at it. That's cold-blooded, man. He ain't hurt nobody. And it sucks that he had to die because he couldn't get his own life together and learn. But we as individuals in this country have a responsibility to ourselves and to our communities, no matter your race. And that is to be respectful of yourself and your community. Don't hurt nobody. Help people. Heck, my, my 17-year-old son and I, we're on our way home from his track practice. And from time to time, a couple times a year, I see a older, she's 75, 80 years old, Korean woman, a grandma kind of thing. She's got her one little bag. She's about all the five feet tall. She stands on a street corner in the desert that's about well, three miles from her house. And we're coming around the main drag. We make the turn onto our street. And she's standing there, and I swing over, and I said, we're going to pick up my friend. She sits there with her thumb out. And I don't want her to get picked up by God knows what with not honorable intentions. And she does it because it was warm. And that day it was warm. I mean, I picked her up when it's like 102. I'm like, why does your family, I always crucify her family for letting, for letting her leave the house on foot, riding a bus, fine. But they don't even take her to the bus. Stop. She just goes. She's, she's a little badass. But I pick her up and I always like, where's your son? Where's he at? Because I want to talk to him. Like, why you let your mom out the house like that? That's just how I feel about it. But my son and I, we take her straight home. Can barely understand her. She goes, you know, she's asked how old my son is. And he's like 17. She's all oh, your junior. And that's about all we understood. And when she kept trying to tell me the street, and I couldn't catch it. She was trying to say beaver. And I just heard something. I'm like, I don't know. So I'm, oh, there it is, beaver. We go down, we stop, we drop her off. That's how I treat people. Is that so much to ask of everybody on this planet to just like be cool, help where you can help? But the inner city community is totally different. And I've been listening to the Hodge twins. I've been listening to Candace Owens. I've been listening, uh, I just started listening to an, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. He's a former football player that's now a former officer who does YouTube videos. This officer started with a T, but I can't remember his name. So I've been watching listen to what they've got to say. They're black people. I'm not so arrogant to assume. I listen. What do you got to say? You grew up that way, more or less, or no people or something, right? And they're just like, this is nonsense. And they all don't think there's a way to change this. It's just, I mean, they're saying it's tribal, just like it is for white people in the suburbs or whatever. And for Asian people, you know, they're all tiger moms and all that stuff. It's just tribal. That's the way they are. And black people just will be this way. And they don't know how they're going to break it because the media and the Democrats just keep abusing them. And they let them. But why can't we just look out for each other? Oh my gosh, it took three seconds for the world to lose its mind. Micaiah Bryant, Columbus, Ohio. You know, she's the one, she was 13. Oh, she's 15. Oh, she's 16. Micaiah Bryant was, past tense, 16 years old. She was killed by a white police officer. The end. Oh, but there's so much more. So, of course, all the news services go crazy with it. Twitter's blowing up. You got jerk-offs, and he's a jerk-off. You've got LeBron James calling, putting a picture up of the guy and saying, you're next. Threats. That's a threat. He should be arrested for threatening the man, but he won't. Valerie Jarrett, Obama's right hand back when he was president. She's out there. Here we go again, more racist. You know, just going through. There's no reason for a white police officer to kill a black girl. So what if she had a knife? Oh, by the way, she had a knife. Big knife. Big, big knife. People were ignoring the fact she had a knife. So much so NBC like edited it out. Nightly news. We're just going to pretend that didn't happen. And then it got called out for it because all the other news stations apparently didn't get the memo. And they put out the actual police cam footage. Because the police, for some ridiculous reason, because they thought Columbus was going to burn if they didn't do it, caved to the pressure of the mob. Sound familiar? and released the video footage. Now, it's totally 
good. This cop is a hero. But here's the deal. This is what happened. You know, Rashid Talib, one of the squad girls. Here we go again. Massacring, murdering innocent black people. They're hunting us down. That's all they got to say. This all took place within like a minute. Seriously, when this hit the news. Just <laughs> blitz it all out there. None of them know the facts. None of them have information. None of them have seen the video. Nothing. Oh, but the video came out. LeBron, I'm going to delete that. That didn't happen. No apologizing. No, I, you know, just, just more, you know, I'm just sick and tired. You know what I'm sick and tired of? And there's a gentleman named Bob Woodson. He is a former civil rights activist and lawyer. He knew and worked and walked with Martin Luther King. We cool on that? You hearing it? He calls what these people did and are doing through all these trials, treasonous behavior. He says these people shoot their mouths off on Twitter and the media and put a microphone in front of them and they can't stop drooling over their lies. They just got to say ignorant, ridiculous lies. And he called them out. He said, why hasn't any of these people said a damn thing? And the man is mad. He's literally a damn thing about the 7,000 black people that were shot by other black people in the cities across America in 2020. Perspective. Police shot and killed 18 unarmed black people last year. 18. There's clips out there. How many do you think they shot? They're like, oh, Minneapolis, at least over 100. No, no. They didn't even shoot Floyd. But here we go. No. Well, the country got to be tens of thousands. No, no, nope, nope, nope. They shot last year over 500 white people without a gun in their hand. We don't ride because we know probably 99% of them were up to no good, doing something, not listening. Okay. But the black community overinflates all of this. And Bob Woodson, civil rights legend, is calling you all out as scum, as treasonous to your country and to your communities. You think LeBron James has a clue? The man is surrounded by security, and he wants the cops gone, but not his. Valerie Jarrett, surrounded by security, wants cop gone, not hers. Rashid Tlaib has security in the Congress and has her own security. Heck, the new guy down in Georgia, Warnock, the new senator out there, that crazy guy, he's screaming defund. He's got people on his payroll with guns to protect him. Guns and police are good for me because I'm liberal and important and I'm a politician. But for the rest of y'all, can suck it. Treasonous behavior. So back to Micaiah Bryant. If you haven't seen the video, this is what happens. There is a 911 call placed from the residence. Nobody knows who it was at this point. If it's a, a, her, I mean, some people say it was her that called him. Eh, it wasn't her that called him. There's, there's screaming in the background, trying to stab my mama and all stuff. The only one person had a knife through all this. So let's go through that. So the police roll up. I believe there was at least three cruisers pulled up basically simultaneously. The one officer gets out and he starts just walking because there's about 10 people spread around the lawn at this point. And in the driveway near the street, there's a lady, a young girl, I don't know, a black lady in a very bright pink jumpsuit. And then to her left, so the officer's right, coming down the driveway is another black woman. She's a lighter-skinned black woman. She looked like she's wearing like a denim miniskirt or something like that. She gets bowled over by Micaiah. Just, just full-on linebacker trucks, just blows her up. She's down. This has gone on for like five, six seconds. Now the officer is pulling his gun out because he sees... She has a knife in her hand, and now what comes out to be her dad or foster dad or somebody because he referred to her during the shoot as my baby or something like that, he kicks the woman, the girl in the denim skirt that's on the ground that Micaiah blew up with a football tackle and like trying to get her, blew her up. He lines her up for a 55-yard field goal. He's going to put some leg into this. And nobody talks about that. This guy tees off and kicks her in the head. 
so hard it spins her around like a 720 on the sidewalk in the grass. She's done. She's out. Now, there's three officers there. The, the cop is now drawing his gun because this woman, while the dad's kicking the one, she's done a spin rooney and she's now going after Pink. Arm up above her head with full, like, I'm going to stick this in your skull, neck, chest. I mean, she's, and the girl's pinned up against the car with her right leg, like, way up above her hip, like, just, just trying to create some distance. And the cop's screaming, stop, stop, stop. They're doing this in front of the police as if they weren't there. I'll get to a point of that in a minute. She gets shot, pow, pow, pow. She's down. The lady in pink is not stabbed. He saved her life. And by being there, saved the life of the woman on the ground who got kicked in the head by her daddy. It didn't take two seconds for foster mom or mom or somebody. Everyone's all confused on relationships because nobody really knows why she was there. And this was like a pretty nice neighborhood. I'm looking around going, oh, everyone's got nice lawns and the houses are all nice. And the neighbors across the street have their cameras. So you got to see different perspectives of all this. Neighbors were saying, that cop's a hero. He saved that girl's life, saved her life. And you got people out there saying, like Rashid Tlaib and Valerie Jarrett and people at BLM, they're out there saying the police had no business being there. First of all, they were called. They didn't just drive by and go, I guess I should do something about this. They, they literally were saying, black people on TV, and these were like media personalities on MSNBC and CNN and things like that, talking about, that it's just a knife fight. That's all it is. This happens all the time. Okay, A, only one person had a knife. So it wasn't a knife fight. It was an assault with a deadly weapon on a couple other people in front of the police. Another instance of will not obey, will not listen, will not respect. Screw you, I'm shanking these girls. Micaiah Bryant, 16 years old. She knew better. She was also almost six feet tall and weighed 230 pounds. This was a big person that was enraged to the point she was going to kill somebody. And a police officer who happened to be white stopped her from doing it. Now, in my community, and I believe in most communities, that's praise. Good job. Well done. I feel bad for him because he had to kill and shoot a young black woman. He's got to go home with that. And he doesn't go with that because he feels like he did the wrong thing. He feels bad that she put him in a spot that he had to do this to save one. Now, here's the other side. These people screaming, it's just a knife fight. It's no big deal. It happens all the time. If they just pulled up and said, well, hold on, boys. Let's just chill and watch it unfold. And she kills the one on the ground and kills the one in the car. And she just looks at him and tilts her head like, what's up? And everyone just turns around and walks away. What do you think the families of the two dead girls would be saying? They'd be suing Columbus PD like mad. You let my daughters die. You sat there and watched it all. They can't win for losing in this community. And the Hodge twins came out and said, straight up, I think black people should police black people. He goes, you want this stuff to end? He goes, they're going to have to go into communities. They're going to have to recruit. Because something like 12% of police forces in the inner cities and things like that are like black. We're going to have to raise that number. You're going to have to go find more. And you can send the white guys to the suburbs. And you can send the Hispanic guys to whatever. And it's, I mean, if that's what we'd have to do. And that way, when a black cop shoots that girl for the same reason, because he's the same kind of guy. He's a guy that cares about his community. He's not going to sit and go, whoa, 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 girls, we can't have none of this. No, he's going to shoot Micaiah Bryant. And then you all got nothing to complain about. Oh, it's the police. He's an Uncle Tom. Then you can complain about that. But this is on you. This is a you problem. This isn't a me problem. How dare you put the police in a position like this? You openly resist. And you can look at the numbers of 2020. Shootings by police went through the roof. And the amount of resistance they met, it matches. It's statistically met. They resisted, they were shot. Years before, less resistance, less shootings. So now everyone in the inner city is emboldened. Get your phone out and film it because I'm going to tell this cop what is. And we're going to throw. We're going to go. 
and he's going to shoot me, and I may die, and I may, it'll be a badge. You know, it's just like gang war type stuff. I got shot, but I survived. I've been, you know, rappers, that was a big thing, right, in the 90s. I've been shot 12 times, and I'm still alive. And you're proud of this. We have the conversation in the house, my two boys. Never been arrested. Never picked up a knife. Never needed to pick up a knife. Never picked up anything. Never got in a fight. It's because it's unnecessary. The anger that these people have, I don't understand it. I want to. You know, she's in a foster home situation. She's probably pissed that her family's failing her. Her parents are screwing up. I don't know. Something like that had to been going down. She's got to carry some of that. Kids are mean. Kids will talk crap. They could have been taunting her. I don't know. Doesn't matter now. And in the end, your reaction is, I'm going to kill you? That's, that's not how we behave. We cannot behave like that as a civil society. And I'll be the first one, when I watch all these videos and this all goes down, I just shake my head. I'm, I'm just stunned. This is, this is happening. And the black man looks at it and goes, well, a white cop did something bad. And I look at it as, why are you guys creating these situations? Because it has to have a beginning. It doesn't start when a cop arrives. It starts when someone is forced to call the police because my ex-husband or boyfriend or whatever is kidnapping my kids and threatening to kill me and smack me around and he gets shot in a minivan. Yeah, that happened. Or this girl's going to go stabbing everybody. That happened. If she doesn't pick up the knife and just walks away and everyone just tries to separate, where are the adults in that room allowing that to get that escalated? What, placing odds? Pulling out your cell phone? This nonsense is going to get good. Doesn't happen in my house. Doesn't happen in my community. Even when I was poor growing up. So seriously, me and my brother and my mom live with my stepdad. We're in like an 800 square foot joint. My brother and I shared a bedroom. It's miserable. Stepdad was a drunk. Just is what it is. You know, when I got older, he and I got in a fight. We settled our beef. And from that point on, we were good. But I'm not, I'm not here to try to even explain as much, but just trying to understand. How do you let these things escalate? Take a breath. Relax. You call the police, but then you hate on the police. Don't call the police then. Just to me, it's just a setup. And frankly, you know, I've heard people talking about it, and I've said it before. I truly believe that the police across this country should just holster up, take the belt off, stay home for a week, and just say, enjoy. Because you heard the video clips from the black people. They want to hurt people. They want to go out. They want a civil war. They want to hurt, go out there and hurt and kill white people. Despite what you all think, we have more guns than you. And we actually train on them. I can kill you walking in my door and I can kill you from down the street. You do not want to poke this bear. This isn't a me problem. This is a you problem. You're creating this. You're taking no responsibility for your child's education. You're taking no responsibility for your child's behavior. You don't even know where they are at two o'clock in the morning. You don't de-escalate. You got a 16-year-old running around with a, a big old butcher knife. They're all good people. I'm sure once upon a time they all were. But these good people do very bad, dangerous things. And then you're putting cops in a spot where they got a millisecond, decide. They die or I die. I choose me. And I guarantee everybody out there would choose themselves too. Because we only think about ourselves. So I want to fold into this last bit and we'll wrap up this segment. BLM, um, the co-founder, Patrice. Kulours. Patrice Khan Kulours. That's what all these BLM supporters are screaming right now. Khan! This woman's got four homes. She bought four homes in the last year. Hmm. They made over 90 million from manipulated athletes, manipulated corporations, and manipulated media. Took the money. What are they spending it on? We're going to get that in a second. I'll tell you what they're not spending it on. She's buying houses. She's got over $3.3 million worth of property. And the latest one she bought in Topanga Canyon, California. $1.4 million is the number on that. You want to know how many black people live in Topanga Canyon? Well, she's there. 
(laughs) She's there now. She's so, I hate white people. She moves straight in to one of the whitest places you can move. Nice. She don't have a job, by the way. She does this, the nonprofit, BLM. Her life matters. She's getting cheddar. She's out buying real estate. It's just insane what this is doing right now. They're raising money and using George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, you know, Micaiah Bryant, the kid in Chicago, the guy that resisted arrest and broke free of a black cop. And then the white girl thought she had a a taser in hand. She goes, a taser, taser, taser. And she shot him and he died. She actually resigned and she's being charged. That was a mistake. I have no doubt in my mind that was a mistake. But they're using all that to steal money from ignorant athletes and corporations. And they're they're paying, they're paying, paying her mortgages. Mortgages. I own one home. How many you all own? Maybe you got a, a little something somewhere else, but I, I got one. Don't need to. Can only set under one at one time, so I don't need to. But not her. She needs four. She needs four. So. Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James and all the idiots out there in the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball, you all just bought this chick four houses. Congrats. Because I told you about in Ferguson, the parents out there, how they were pissed and wanted some support and money from BLM, and they ain't heard nothing. It's ghosted. They don't exist. Brianna Taylor's mom is furious at BLM. You're making money on my daughter's name and you haven't done a damn thing to help me and my family. Nothing at all. Nothing for the community. Nothing. You just raise the money on her. It's blood money. And then you move on. This is what she's saying. This is an angry black parent whose daughter was killed because she was dating a scumbag and the cops went in the wrong house and the guy went shooting. Shoots through the door. Cops shoot back. She gets hit. Sad. You know, we have that saying that's like, you're judged by the people you associate with. If you're dating or living with a scumbag guy or gal, you need to reevaluate that because something's going to happen at some point. Whether it's in the street and they start talking some trash and you're just a bystander and you get blown away or hit or smacked or whatever, or you're just in your house. But BLM is nothing but a fraud that's raising blood money on the names of Some innocent, some not so innocent people. And none of that is going to help that community that was affected. The parents, the people, the family that are affected. None of it. You don't get nothing. And this scam is all it is. And some people are going to notice it. People are going to talk about it. I mean, they went on the streets and said, hey, they kind of changed the name, said this person's doing this all this money. What do you think? Oh, you know, they like said Trump did it. Oh, Trump bought all those houses? Oh, they actually held up pictures. It was campus reform. Held up pictures on the University of Florida of the four homes. And the girl kept calling them mansions. They're not mansions. They're just nice houses. She goes, who do you think owns this? They're like, Trump, McConnell, Trump. One person said Obama, but that was funny. And and she goes, no, these are all owned by. And then they all changed their tune. Wait, BLM? Yeah, so how does it make you feel about BLM? Well, that's not very cool. They all kind of like, well, that sucks. That's not what that's. I thought that's not what that was about. No, that's totally what that's about. You're being manipulated. By corporate America, which we're going to talk about next. All right, this is going to be a topic that will be ongoing. So I'm going to spend a little time now, and we're going to wrap up the episode. But it's called corporatocracy. Corporatocracy is the word. What does that mean? We're talking about oligarchs and things like that and how this country is being manipulated and taken over by corporations. Not too long ago, there was a time where politics and business never mingled. Corporations could and did give money to the parties. They give like, most of them would go like 50% to Democrat, 50% Republican, just whatever. You need money to take the money. Keep the peace, right? Because they were basically buying some power with the uh, whoever wins. And that was just the way of doing things. You know, we even joked about, hey, I think all these politicians should wear patches of the corporations on their jackets like NASCAR. So we all know who's, who's repping them. 
I still believe that. But they were neutral. Corporations were neutral. There was nothing to gain by telling out the country to go kiss their butt. That, hey, if you don't agree with me as a corporation, you're racist. That was once upon a time, I don't know, a week ago, deemed stupid and ignorant and a way to destroy your corporation and your business. But you have to understand what's now steamrolling. Last year, you had Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, the social media companies out there, right? Starting to censor what they didn't like. Free speech was not free speech on those platforms and still isn't to this day. Maxine Waters' Twitter account is very active. LeBron James' Twitter account, very active. Donald Trump's is not. Many people that have a conservative point of view are not. There is no equal standard. There is, I like him or her because they say what I want them to say. They agitate and aggravate the black community because that's what they want. This side, I don't, they're, they're speaking truth. They're speaking opinion and a different point of view. God forbid a different point of view. We can't have that. Block it. That kind of started this thing. You know, Nike was probably the very first. They kind of snuck up there and jumped on that Kaepernick. You notice you haven't heard a word from that guy over any of this stuff. Any of these shootings, nothing. He's, like, Shh. He's just making money, hand over fist, from Nike for doing nothing. But we go down this road, and Nike decided to say, well, if you don't believe in this, you're, you're, you're a horrible person. I do not, and most of these people in this country do not support or believe in the totalitarian Black Lives Matter movement, what they stand for. I don't think should be raising money on the blood of black people and then spending it on herself. It's just like when I told you guys about the politicians, how they start things, nonprofits and charitable things that they could write off and they either take it over themselves or put their daughter or their husband in charge of. And then they just, you know, they take in a million dollars and they spend 999,000 on themselves and spend a thousand dollars on the cause. I don't buy and believe in any of that. BLM, the message is racist and it's hateful. All lives matter. Doesn't there, it doesn't exist. It doesn't raise money. It's just, it's just three words that I actually attribute to all life in this planet and in this country. You matter, you matter, you matter, you matter, you matter. I want you and you and you and you and you and you, all of you to go get an education. I want all of you to go home each night to your mom and dad. I want all of you to talk. I want everybody to be better and look out for each other, their neighbors and so forth. I want all of you to move forward in your life and get a good job and get a good education and do something productive. I want you then to have more family and do the same thing. All lives matter. But now you've got over 100 corporations just last week go on a Zoom call, basically, talking about how people like Eric and all those people that are racist and don't think the Georgia voting law, which is a non-racist, substantial law that just creates one vote, one person, the end. That's what it's supposed to be, right? We're all just supposed to have one vote. No, 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 no. You got Nike. Coke, YouTube, Twitter, Amazon, Google, Major League Baseball, NFL, the NBA, and on and on on this call, talking about how they're going to punish any state that passes laws like Georgia. So now we've gone from politicians to the media manipulating. Now corporations are going to intimidate the states, if you enact this law, we'll leave or we'll close our plant or we won't have an all-star game there. Or you, you know what? And I've told you all, I vote with my wallet and I encourage everyone to do the same. Corporate America, you threatening me with your crappy product? Coca-Cola has killed more black people in this country over the last hundred years than anything ever. Diabetes? Ring a bell? Coke is a killer. They care so much. They care as much as the tobacco companies cared about anybody. No one would kill you. It's all the same. These people just want more money and with it, more power. 
And now the Republicans, I mean, something switched. Before, you know, like a week ago, Democrats be screaming that Republicans only serve their, their, their corporate masters. Except that hasn't been happening for years. And now it's as blatant. Republicans are now creating bills to split up everything. You can't be that big. You got too much power. And they're right. And I didn't think I would see the day. I never thought I would see a corporation stand up and say, you're a racist if you agree. Okay. Well, I'm not stupid and I can read and I'm not emotional about it. Remember I always say, take emotion out of it. Just read it. What's your head telling you? What's your eyes telling you? There's nothing about that Georgia law that's bad. You take your MLB game and you go home. You know what I think all you corporations should do that are speaking out? Because you don't speak out about China. You don't speak about how they are murdering and doing these horrible things to Ugars who are, you know, being forced to make your shoes and your clothes and your computer chips and all that crap. I think you all should just pack your crap up, move to China. Half of your corporation is now owned by the Communist Party. And the other half is yours and it will only be invested there. You go there. You abuse all the human rights out there that you like because you're down with that. You got no problems with any of that. That's all cool. But a voting law that gives everyone one voice, one vote, one right, that's horrible. That's exactly what the Constitution calls for. Y'all can go because I can get a soda somewhere else because you know what happened? The market always fills the void. Somebody else will go, you know, somebody like Donald Trump going, well, I got Trump Cola. Then the country's going to have Trump Cola everywhere. You know, other people, the Koch brothers, right? The K-O-C-H brothers, you know, they're a little swampy, but I mean, just for an example, they could just say, you know what? I got my own Amazon now. Okay. Loyalty in this country doesn't go very far for anything. If you get a better deal, you're going to buy the better deal. And if you do have moral code and values, and you're going to sit and go on Nike, Coke, YouTube, Twitter, Amazon, Google, Major League Baseball, the NBA, NFL, you can kiss my ass. I'm cool with that. I don't need any of it. They need me more than I need them. And if they don't need this country, they can go to China and China can pay for all that crap. I have no desire for any of it. But we'll get into this more because it, it's astonishing to see corporations become political advocates at the risk of harming their own wallet, which makes you think, what's in it for them? That's a wrap for this week's episode. Be the peace. Don't let emotion get the best of you. Remember, you are the resistance. God bless you, your family, and America. America.